1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. It's Friday. Field trip Field day. Trip day. And I don't know if you can smell it as we're pulling in. He's ready for us. I'm smelling that mm. buttery popcorn. Buttery we are popcorn. so ready to spend time at Adam Holtz's house. Hey, Adam, how are you this morning? I'm good. I thought maybe you were referring to the fact that I hadn't showered yet when you started talking about it. I don't know if you can smell it yet. No, so. It smells more like broccoli, did, but whatever. I didn't I didn't uh. know where you were going, but popcorn definitely is a better direction. Thank you. Okay. Always, always a better direction. And now Toby is, is heading out. No, Toby, come back. Come back. Yes. It, it, it's okay. It's okay. Hang out with it's the boys. Okay. Hey, but uh, don't okay. forget the hot sauce for the popcorn. Oh, yeah. Hot sauce. I yeah. forgot about that. Yes. I did forget. Delicious. Yes. All right. Delicious. <laughs> hey, there's a, a Christian movie out called Southern Gospel. I'm really intrigued uh-huh. by this title. What's this about? So this is basically a retelling of the prodigal son, son story. It's a story about, you know, a father and a son. Uh, the dad's a pastor in a very, very uh, legalistic denomination. It's a fictional denomination here. But I mean, with a title like Southern Gospel, it's not a huge reach to at least ask the question, are they talking about, you know, some branches of of Southern Baptists uh, that can, you know, sometimes we stereotype as being very legalistic. This branch is almost cult-like, and they really, really hate anything modern, especially modern music, which of course uh, rock music is is from the devil. I mean, in some ways, it feels like a plot from the 1970s and 1980s. I don't feel like we quite talk about it the same way these days most of the time. But the son really wants to have a relationship with God, but he gets fed up with all of the legalism and all the rules and all of the condemnation. And he goes off on his prodigal journey and does prodigal things. You know, there are hints that he has a sexual relationship with somebody there's some profanity, there's some drinking. All of it actually is dealt with, I think, pretty tastefully, but there's enough here to get a PG-13 rating. Uh, And then he realizes, yeah, you know what? I'm eating pig slop and I don't want to do that anymore. And he kind of comes back into the fold and they confront the main villain, I guess you would call him, which is a hyper-legalistic, pharisaical guy in the denomination in their church. Um, so that's where that one goes. I think it raises an interesting question of, we sometimes criticize Christian movies for being too sanitized and they don't ring true. Like in the interest of not making sure there's nothing offensive content wise, you watch a movie and feel like, oh, that kind of feels like a fairy tale. But, you know, even when they try to add some grit to make it realistic, you automatically are dealing with content that some people aren't going to want to deal with. And Mm. there is some of that here. Um, 
And so I think you just have to recognize, well, which kind of story do you want? And I think you may get some Christians who say, this has a little bit more grit than I'm interested in seeing. Uh, but it's it's tricky. You know, how do we tell a real story dealing with real issues that doesn't downplay how destructive the world is, but at the same time, doesn't assault us with content we don't want to be exposed to? And for the most part, I think this one walks that balance pretty well. But as I said, there are a handful of of mild profanities, nothing over the top, uh, that that might be the biggest issue that you'll want to be aware of with this one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much for that. It's the movie Southern Gospel. Let me ask you just one follow-up question. You talked about grit and how sometimes Christian movies don't have that and that they try and add it in. Is this like just part of the story and it feels like it's part of the story? Or does it feel like it's just tacked on um, to the story in order to make it more interesting? No, I think it it feels pretty integrated. I mean, I think it's hard to tell the prodigal son story without the son being prodigal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so this, it feels more, you know, they suggest those things. Again, I don't think there's anything here that is in cause somebody to stumble mode, um, but uh, but it's there. I don't feel like it's tacked on. I felt like it's handled pretty well here. Um, but again, you just want to be aware of that ahead of time. Okay, Okay. thanks so much. He's Adam Holtz with Plugged In, and we're taking a look at a couple of different movies today. There's another one that's on the docket, and uh, it's called uh, Magic Flute. Yeah. Yeah, Magic Flute is a kind of Harry Potter-esque movie, um, and it takes place at a school called the Mozart Academy, and there's a father and son here, too, as, uh, as well. The father's dying, and he says to his son, hey, I took this book, uh, that is Mozart's, um, it's his opera, The Magic Flute. You need to take it back to the school library and you need to put it in exactly this place. And when he does that, and uh, he's supposed to do it at 3 a.m., exactly at 3 a.m., um, he gets transported into a magical world where everybody sings their conversations and it's kind of Harry Potter-esque, uh, a little bit Narnia-esque maybe. Uh, and of course, he is, uh, he is now, he's not Tim anymore, he's Prince Tamino, and it's up to him to save the world. So this is, I actually think, a, a pretty fun movie with a big caveat, and that is that um, Mozart kind of had, and the Magic Flute has an infatuation with... Um, Egyptian mythology and Freemasonry of all things. Uh, and so there's a lot of kind of odd spiritual content. It's not just sort of your generic, Oh, we have to deal with magic or witchcraft or something like that. It's much more specific. And I think it's navigable, Mm -hmm. but if you're not expecting it, uh, there's enough of it here that it might catch you off guard a little bit. So you would definitely want to be aware of that one ahead of time as well. There's another movie out. It's called 65. Tell us something about this. You know, if you woke up this morning, you're like, man, I really wish they would do a movie about space travel and the spaceship crash lands on Earth 65 million years ago and everybody's killed except for Adam Driver and this little girl that he kind of adopts and they have to fight off dinosaurs. I mean, I know that sounds super specific, (laughs) but... Today's your day. Good, I was thinking about just that kind of a movie plot. Thank I you. I know, right? <sighs> I, and if you were going to do that movie, I'm sorry. It's already been done. Oh. Um, so um, those of us of a certain tender age 
may fondly recall the 1974 TV show Land of the Lost, which dealt with yeah. a family that goes down a waterfall. And you can look it up on YouTube and listen to the theme song and go back to 1974, which I did the other day with my family, and they thought I had straight lost my mind. <laughs> I'm like, no, really, this was an awesome show, and they just looked at me, right? So this is like the updated version of Land of the Lost. 65 is a reference to it's 65 million years ago, which puts us smack dab probably in the middle of one of those, you know, Jurassic or Triassic or one of those one of those periods of time. And Adam Driver and this little girl basically have to fight off Tyrannosauruses or Tyrannosauri, if you <laughs> if you like that better. Um, <laughs> there's nothing more here. That's the story. Uh, there's some violence. There are scary things. There are PG-13 sort of levels of things. But this is actually really kind of a nice pseudo father-daughter story. And relatively speaking, as PG-13 action movies go... This one doesn't have that much content and we rarely get surprised in a positive direction, but this one kind of surprised us in a mildly positive, albeit solidly B movie kind of direction. We know that when they don't screen movies for us, they're probably at the very least not good and possibly terrible. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and this one is probably in the, okay, you know, I've seen better and I've seen this story before, but you know, I want CGI dinosaurs and I want Adam Driver. So if that's where you're at this morning, that movie, this movie, 65, provides it.